PW Hustle Networks present PWR at the Movies. Join the professor, Tommy Wonder, and JB as they discuss the greatest pro wrestling moments in movie history. dug in like an Alabama tick. You're hit. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. Oh. Okay. You got time to duck? Are you ready for pain? Are you ready for suffering? If the answer is yes, then you're ready for Captain Freedom's workout. Yes, it's America's yeah. own Captain Freedom. That's the ticket. No pain, no gain. So, when you hear the tone, control your jealousy and leave your message. What's going on there, Reflection Knights? What is going on to the Big Vito Whites, the PWC Ice, the Israelites, the Irites, and all the Ites? But, you know, I usually am more jovial within my kind of spiel of welcoming the Magnificent Seven, the Elite Eight, the Naughty Nine. But of course, you know, tragedy has struck the wrestling community. And, you know, people have been, you know, sliding into the DMs. They said, Professor, you know what happened? You know, the passing of Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, a.k.a. Diamond Stud, a.k.a. Gator Scott Hall. They've been clamoring for... Starship Eagle. Starship Eagle. Of course, we got that, too. They've been clamoring, the professor saying, when are you going to do a, you know, a spotlight episode of Scott Hall? I'm going to give you that answer right now because I usually say this. I usually say, saying what we're going to do next week, you know... At the end of the PWR podcast, he had the PWL Sun Networks on Podbean.com. TW knows your spiel, but in light of the recent events that happened, because we are recording this before it uh, airs on the weekend. So, you know, a little bit of a secret here, but again, the Elite Eight, the 99 TW, they know that we record earlier within the week. So, no fears, Reflectionites. There will be a spotlight dedicated to the career of Scott Hall next week here on all your Podbeam streams here at the PWS Networks at Podbeam.com. The PWC, the Hameen Media Group at their Podbeams, Big Vito Patreon, it will be there. It will be on the PW Hustle YouTube Network. So TW, you know, I'm going to say rest in peace to Scott Hall and he's holding up the action figure of Scott, of Razor Ramon with the gold chains and the Razor Ramon jacket and all that stuff. So I'm going to say rest in peace to Scott Hall. But of course, I want to give Scott Hall the, the due diligent respect that he deserves, CW. You know how we do. We give his chronology. We talk about, it. you know, what has happened in his life 
And of course, you know what we do best. We focus on those matches. Of course, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that ladder match next week. Of course, we're Which gonna one? talk about the. Hey, like I said, I'm just. You see, that's why we gotta keep our reflection nice. You know, we gotta reel them in. We're gonna talk about ladder matches. We're gonna talk about NWO matches. But we're gonna talk about other stuff. AWA matches. Maybe I might give you a New Japan match. But TW, I'm just gonna say it. Rest in peace, Carl. And we will talk about him and give him his proper respect next week here at the PWR Podcast. I want you to say your little soliloquy to Scott Hall for a second or two, and then we'll get the show on the road. You know, I'll be honest. Uh, people die all the time, and, you know, it hits people differently. And I, I used to feel a way about people going all in on social media when celebrities die, and, and you know, like it ends their life. Like we talked about it before. Betty White dies at 99, and people fiend shock. Like what? Mm-hmm. Are you shocked that she made it to 99? Or are you are you really shocked that she died at 99? Like so, Scott Hall, he's someone I met as a fan, and then 20 years later as a peer. And this one hit me, man, when I was typing when I was typing on Facebook uh, the the day he passed. Oh, there were tears, and it, and you know I read something on Twitter that that said his legacy is the fact, and it, it almost. It almost, it was not written in the way that I wrote it, but what I had mentioned was the fact that I got to meet him in 2013 again as a peer is because he cleaned his life up, turned it around, not without some slip-ups, but Mm -hmm. he was on his way to not making it to 50, so to make it to 63, 64 is a testament to the ultimate comeback, if you will, and... You know, I don't want to say he was living on borrowed time, but he got probably 15 more years thanks to Jake Roberts, thanks to DDP. I, I would even the, 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 I, this is the second time today where I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I'm about to compliment ESPN. I would say thanks to ESPN for doing that 30 on 30 on him because this what brought attention. I mean, I think DDP was already helping him, and the, and the 30 for 30 was about that, but the just putting him because people found out about it more people were willing to help him and and so i as a kid who got to meet a hero who didn't let him down i'm I'm grateful that he got the second act if you will because it wasn't looking good 15 years ago and so as a christian I, i think he's in a better place now i read something kevin nash wrote where he would say uh oh god i'm getting choked up now he would say all the time that he didn't think he was worthy of the afterlife and hey those are the people god loves so i mean loves everybody but mm-hmm. that's the kind of attitude they want not i deserve it you know and you know we'll probably talk about it in the spotlight that guy's demons can be traced back to the strip club where he killed the guy um, yeah we got to talk to that right we got to talk about all that excuses of mm-hmm. his demons yeah, I mean, because he's got a couple different things you can blame mm-hmm. it on: excess, money, uh, fame, fortune, and that, which we all yeah. don't have. Most of us don't have uh, that story. But, yep, I uh, I'm grateful to have met him as a fan and as a peer, and 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 I'm grateful that he got, you know, the last 15 years he got because he had enough of of you know the 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 old saying: it's better to burn out than fade away. He he change his mind on that he didn't want to burn out because he was on his way so mm-hmm. i had hope i did have hope and i told travis and, and our buddy matt i said you know having three heart attacks sucks 
but having them in a, in a hospital where you're already there for something else is your best case scenario. And sometimes they put you on life support or, or induce a coma just so you can heal. And that's what I was hoping for. And so when they first pulled him off the life support and he didn't die right away, I was hopeful that he was, you know, going to come back, you know. And then I got the word that night and it's like, man, it's surreal, you know. But very, very definitely surreal. rest in peace, Scott Hall. Definitely yeah, an influence on my life in general and my wrestling. So, yeah, he was a he was a big loss for me. And, and to put a bow on this reflection, as you know, he he is people's childhoods. Now, for me, you know, I saw him in 92, 93, and that, that was a time, and I'm just going to be quick, you know, I wasn't a fan of WWE because, again, it was too cartoony. But Razor Ramon, I knew it was Diamond Stud. I knew it was a white guy acting Cuban and Tony Montana, and we'll get into that more. But he was the cool character. I can relate to that. So for, from myself, from TW, from Big Ray, to JB, and everybody at the PWR Podcast, rest in peace to Scott Hall. And again, Reflection Nights. Next week, a full-on spotlight dedicated to the career of Scott Hall, the respect it needs to be done here at the PWR, PW Hustle at Podbeam.com. What's that? We should also throw a shout-out to Big E, and that it's good that it wasn't worse. As someone who broke their neck, and by the way, reading up on his injury, I'm not entirely sure where my vertebrae are broken, but uh, reading that the C1 doesn't ever heal, and I hear that's the one that causes paralysis or, or death, yeah. I wonder if I wrestled for 15 years with with that one broken because I don't even I know they're high but I don't I think they might be like three and four or two and three not one but it, it that's figured, scary yeah. and I'm glad he's all right man and 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 to me it's it's good like Scott Hall's getting a lot of outpouring from the internet from people that are fans peers you know whatever and so is Big E and I'm glad that Big E a is getting that love alive and mm -hmm. b that he's gonna be okay wrestling's another subject. But it dudes alive and not in a wheelchair, so I'm happy for that. If guy he if he can't if he can't wrestle but walks away from it, right? I think that's that's, that's a win. That, that's a win. That's a win yeah, for everybody. I, I broke so. mine in the ring. His mm -hmm. happened on the freaking floor, so yeah. the floor's got less give than that ring does. So I I, I would assume you know his that's was probably a, a harder. I haven't watched it. I've seen the still yeah. photo. That's mm -hmm. all enough. That's all I needed to see to know I don't mm -hmm. need to watch it. I don't to need all, to see somebody laying on their neck. And to all the dumbasses that say wrestling is fake, look at Big E. And I found the, and, this on the web. <laughs> you found this on the web, bro. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> rest in peace to Scott Hall and, and blessings to Big E for speedy recoveries. But now, let's do what we do best here. I am that man, that magnanimous man, that scholarly man, but most importantly, that glorious man, the Professor Jabba Cruz, and glory I'm hole. here. Not glory hole, glory is. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you know, glory holes get a bad name, but you know what? The customers always don't know what they're doing. They, you know, buyer beware for anybody hey, who goes to a I'll glory hole. But what, anyway, I have, I have run into many people in Bombay, New Jersey, that say, "Hey." Say what you will about the professor, but I recognize those lips anywhere. 
Yeah, the girls really do love them. No, they, hey. you know, girls at the glory hole, buddy. But again, neither here nor there. But I am here. I'm never here alone here. I'm here with the popcorn and the and the hookers and the blow with my main man, my brother from another mother, the conservative liberal, the liberal conservative, Dr. Frankenstein, Mr. Wonderful, Dum Dum Doing It, its own Tommy Wonder, aka Tommy Strong, aka Tommy Licious. What is going on there, my friend? You had to bring up the pooping, cause it's I'm turtling, dog. I'm turtling. I should have. I sh- you should have sent me the text like always, saying, "Go hit the hit the banjo now, so that you can uh, be ready for the show." But you uh, didn't do it. You didn't tip me off. You, you know, just do like a Eric Cartman in South Park. Have a have a potty by the by the seat, and then just do it and let it go. Which one are we on video? Is it the hustle on YouTube or is it? Podbean, or is it? It will be Big on. Vito? It'll be available on the audio on on the Big Vito brand on the Hami Media Group, and of course the PWS Networks at Podbean.com, and of course maybe in a couple of days after that it'll be available on the YouTube on the PWS Networks. That, so, so the video is on the PW, PW Hustle. Yes. There you go. Video exclusive. Tommy Wonders as Kano. They, or they, what's the other one? Johnny Cage is that the one you called me? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? That just makes you look like you know they cut out all the the conservative part. He's more liberal now. He's not the liberal. <laughs> he's no. he's more liberal. He's not conservative. He's the liberal liberal. Listen, <laughs> anybody who was on the fence, if any part liberal, part conservative, if they're not completely on the conservative side after the last year and a half, there's no hope for them. They're yeah, they're just there's no hope. If you, I mean, I'm not saying people are independent. I'm saying people who write who are right. But lean a little center. They're they're mm-hmm. being pushed back the other way. When you got Gabby on Fox News burying the liberal media, it's it might be a breakthrough in society where there's a liberal who actually acknowledges that the liberal media is it's propaganda and, and spreads lies for the sake of they're coming at her for bringing up the fact that Ukraine has uh, bio labs that were funded by the U.S out of fear of Russian getting their hands on them, and people mm-hmm. were attacking her, calling her a Russian, uh, what do you call it, Russian agent, or, yeah. or paid off by the Russians, because someone gave her a $59 donation that she's never met that has ties to Russia. It's 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 like they say about cancel culture. Eventually, you run out of people to cancel, and you start eating your own, and they're coming <laughs> after Gabby, they're coming after... It's When Gabby and Tucker Carlson are a tag team, you know... Hell froze over. Yes, hell froze. Hell froze over, and and the world is 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 a fucked up place. But anyway, let's do what we do best. We're gonna go back to the movies. Tw, you got your popcorn. Gabby, Gabby or Tabby? What's it? Uh, Who who cares right now? It doesn't matter. They're all liberals and conservatives. Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard. I mixed her name. She is called Gabby for some reason, but Tulsi Gabbard. But anyway, neither here nor there. Let's get to the movies, Reflection Nights and the Magnificent Seven. This is going to be a good one. This is a double feature here at the PWR at the movies episode. And we're going to pay homage to the man who should be the president of the United States. He should be a three-term, four-term, five-term president. (laughs) Jesse, the body Ventura, the greatest (laughs) governor in Minnesota history. He should be a senator. He should be a a state senator right now, T.W. But anyway, again, we're not going to get into politics because then T.W. is going to go on a harangue. But, harangue, whatever. But anyway, (laughs) we are going to dedicate this 
PWR at the movies to Jesse Ventura. Of course, TW, we did a PWR at the movies with a Jesse Ventura uh, kind of episode with him and uh, Roddy Piper when they did that cop, buddy cop series that got canceled after one ep episode, but it was fun to watch. But what I wanted to do this, because we're going to talk about what came out in 1987, two cult classics. Maybe it wasn't a box office uh, juggernaut, but for the for the consumers out there, if it's on HBO Max, if it's on Showtime, if it's on whatever, if you are bored, you are going to definitely watch these two movies. And that is Predator and The Running Man, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. So we're going to talk about Predator first. Now, TW, before we even talk about the movie itself, we'll have a little fun with it. The reason that this is very, very important, but TW, we got to go into the timeline of what Vince McMahon is trying to do. We always say this. Vince McMahon wants to go mainstream. Vince McMahon wants to cross over. He already has the hardcore wrestling fans at the palm of his hands. And, of course, he has some good wars. He has some good blood feuds out there. You know, Hulk Hogan is carrying the banner for World Wrestling Federation. And, of course, Hulk Hogan did his A-team uh, episodes. He did all that stuff. He did the Rocky Threes. But it wasn't under that banner. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't under that full banner of the WWF. Now let's get into 1987. This is, you know, WrestleMania three time, you know, 93,000 fans. He's He's got the pay-per-view that he needs to get WWF to the mainstream. Now he has an antagonist color commentator in Jesse the Body Ventura, who is on every Saturday evening, Superstars of Wrestling, being that antagonist color commentator with Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and he starts blurting out that he's going to invade Hollywood. WWF is invading Hollywood. This is important, TW, in my eyes, because... He is, you know, one of the, I don't want to say pillars, but one of the pioneers that's very visible in, in, as a wrestler. Of course, we talked about Body Slam with Roddy Piper that came out in 86. You know, some wrestlers do make some kind of, you know, let's say antiquated, you know, cameos here and there. We, I'm not denying that. But 87, TW, in my humble opinion, Justin Ventura, probably for a lot of brainwashed people, would be the first guy, other than Hulk Hogan with the A-team stuff, that's a wrestler. Because Body Slam wasn't a a, 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 a a cash cow, so to speak. Predator is a cash cow. Running Man is a cash cow. We know, and the reason because of that is Arnold Schwarzenegger is on the marquee. But Jesse Ventura, for these two movies, has an indelible mark. And WWF invades Hollywood and invades mainstream. He is a very important reason for WWF to go mainstream, crossover, all that stuff. Agree, disagree, have a different take. Yeah. Uh, so he's doing this with permission from Vince, or is he doing it in between gigs with Vince? Because I always thought he left, came back, left, came back. But that's as a kid who just noticed he was gone and noticed he was back. I will um, answer, let, me, let me answer that question because... Think about it this way, and this is my hindsight. I'm not saying that I'm right here, but look at it this way. Jesse Ventura was an antagonist wrestler. He should have been challenging Hulk Hogan, you know, during his four-year reign for the WWF title. We should all we we can agree that he should be selling out against Hulk Hogan against at Madison Square Garden, Boston Garden, Los Angeles Sports Arena, or whatever the case may be. He should be jobbing out to Hogan, you know, looking up at the ceiling. 
but he couldn't because he had a career-ending neck injury. What is Jesse going to do? So he gets. That's not all. That's not all. He has a hemophilia. That too. But either way, but let's go with this this parameter here. He can't wrestle. He can't do what he's he loves to do. So Vince McMahon, you know, says let let him be that color commentator. You know, it's not. It wasn't like a at a premium back in the eighties that bad guys were commentators. So he was taking a a leap of faith, so to speak. That worked got him over even more because Vince McMahon is the ultimate babyface commentator, you know, lead play-by-play guy. So that works. But, of course, Jesse wants more. Jesse wants to get away from the wrestling thing. And the and one of the biggest reasons for joining, you know, being uh, in the Hollywood realm, if you, if you will, TW, was the sad card. He wanted to be unionized. He wanted to get benefits. So if he goes into no, but that's that's actually one of the legit reasons he wanted to venture into to Hollywood too, because he would be unionized more. Because being being a SAG representative with that card, you know, protects him. He protected his own his brand, which is himself. He protected his money and all that stuff. So while he got Vince's blessing to do that. He had an ulterior motive, it was to protect himself. And, of course, we know around this time, 86, 87, 88, Jesse Ventura was a leading uh, mouthpiece for unionizing professional wrestling. And it didn't work because he didn't have Hulk Hogan in his back pocket. But that's neither here nor there. But I wanted to answer your question. So go ahead, T.W., finish your point. No, I, 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 you just taught me a lot of stuff I didn't know. Um, it's funny because in these two movies, he's in – the beginning of Predator and not for long, and he's mm-hmm. in the end of The Running Man and not for and long. Not. So it's it's almost following the uh, the Kelly Preston uh, logic that I talked about the last time we did the movies, where instead of taking a shit a big role in a shit thing like No Holds Barred or or whatever low budget movie mm-hmm. Hogan's doing, he took any role in an A movie because at that time, I mean. 87, you know, obviously 83, 84, 85, maybe even 82 is is the heat years for, for Schwarzenegger. So he's starting to wane in popularity before probably making comebacks. Um, being in Predator, being in Running Man, and I want to say Running Man was New Line Cinema too, but I'm, I'm not, I don't really remember. But he's, he's Predator, taking... Predator was 20th Century Fox. Right? Uh, Running Man was uh, produced by, well, let me, let me see where I get it. Go ahead, keep keep going. I'll give you your thing. But he's taking TriStar. Roles. It was TriStar. TriStar. Pictures. Okay, so mm-hmm. he's taking roles in movies that people will see him. Mm-hmm. Like you know, people saw No Holds Barred because Hulk Hogan was in it, meaning they were already going to see it no matter what it was. There mm-hmm. weren't people who saw it because they went to see a movie and Hulk Hogan happened to be in it. Like like Ventura's not the star. And mm-hmm. funny enough, like you said about Cash Cow, I, I would say. Carl Weathers and and obviously Schwarzenegger to a point because it's his movie. But Carl mm-hmm. Weathers and Jesse Ventura are probably the two most memed or talked about or quoted guys from that movie. Mm-hmm. One getting shot and bleeding, and he goes, "I ain't got time to bleed," which is Jesse, and the other one get getting his arm taken off, and he's like, mm-hmm. "I got another one," you know. So mm-hmm. those are, and then it's even for Carl Weathers' sake, it's even it's even kind of little slyly a tip to the hat of that in happy gilmore 
where he says he's got his wooden hand because he wrestled an alligator to get the ball back. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's more of a rib that he would, you know, throw back to him getting his arm taken off. Which, by the way, before I forget, I'm not sure. I The black dude in The Running Man, I've seen him in the million 80s movies. I wish I could remember his name. I think he's got a weird name that I can't pronounce. Uh, That's Jim Brown. No, not Jim Brown, the asshole. The, the one that's with Schwarzenegger and the nerd that are... They, oh, that guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. They fake the fight to get out of the prison and then oh, okay. go to the running man together. Mm-hmm. That dude, Buzzsaw, is literally on stage taking his chainsaw and cutting through wood and steel and metal. And that then was, that was uh, Yafet Koto. That's his name. Yes, that's I said the name I can't pronounce. <laughs> this dude is standing there, throws Schwarzenegger out of the way as Buzzsaw rides by on a freaking motorcycle and carte blanche takes him out with the chainsaw, but it doesn't even cut his arm off. Like, it cuts nothing off, and yet he just got to cutting up stuff on the stage when they introduced him, and I just thought, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And then when he ends up fighting Schwarzenegger later with that chainsaw, it doesn't cut through steel anymore, if you notice that. So on the stage it did, and then the fight it didn't, and it was the same exact uh We'll, we'll, we'll get into the – the, But we'll, we'll I just got to point out – the in the inconsistencies of this movie, and what? but anyway, Jesse, I I don't know why I don't I don't know if it's part part I didn't like Jesse because I wasn't supposed to, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like because eighty seven, I'm only thirteen fourteen years old, depending on what part of the year it is. Uh, watching it last week was my first time ever watching Predator. I've seen pieces of it, but I've never watched it. And mm-hmm. um, like I was telling you before we started recording. Growing up in the hood, man, you heard a noise when you were home alone. You jumped up and grabbed the kitchen knife, and we're on the go. You're ready. You're, you're <laughs> just waiting for someone to come through a window and get them with the steak knife. And 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 I had never lived alone until I was 42 years old in the house that I'm living in now. And and that was after having a girl here all the time that moved in, and then I asked her to move out. Uh, so really I was 43 when I finally lived alone where it was just me other than the nights that I had my kids. And, uh, for some reason that fear went away. Well, recently it's come back. It's probably because of this shiner in my head. I don't know this, Mm -hmm. well, this mortality that I know I have, or maybe I feel more, I don't know. But the other day I, I can't sleep. I haven't worked for a month. I, I, every day is the same. I'm living groundhog day. I either watch movies. I, play on my phone i watch wrestling I, I bought the wrestling video game i've been playing that i watch hockey and the other night i'm like well since professor's got two movies for me to watch i should just watch one now and ironically they were both on hbo max i'm not sure if you knew that but i couldn't mm. get the running man to play on hbo max so i ended up watching that one on the fire stick secret gimmicks nice. um but i i picked predator to watch first at midnight 1 a.m just <laughs> me and my dog and I kept telling myself, well, I think they never showed a Predator. That's the whole gimmick. And I started questioning, is this a Stephen King movie? Like, because I'm not going to like it, blah, blah. So I'm not, now I'm in my own head watching this movie. And then they show his ass, and I'm like, oh, great. This was a terrible idea to watch this at 1 a.m. When I already hear noises because my house is from 1969. Oh, that distinct Predator sound. Right, right. So I'm like, yeah, but I survived it. And then. I waited until today to watch The Running Man because I at least wanted one of them to be fresh in my memory when yeah. we talked about it. But uh, but I, I, I still remember The Predator. I, I I would venture to say, and I don't know if you want to say this to the end, which one we like better, but I, I would almost say 
in every aspect, I would say I like the running man better. Like Jesse's roles better. Um, mm-hmm. Predator almost comes off as a B movie, even though it's not because it's Schwarzenegger. Which one came out first? Well, from this, the Predator release date was June twelfth, nineteen eighty seven, and I believe the uh, the Running Man came out in uh, Thanksgiving nineteen eighty seven weekend. So, Predator was and the then summer- Total Recall came out around then or eighty eight, well, eighty nine. Yeah, but Jesse no, 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 no. I'm saying yeah. so. Schwarzenegger was still pumping out movies. Commando yeah, he- was like eighty five. Um, right, but the the Hercules. point, yeah, the point reflectionized is that Jesse, as T.W. eloquently said, that he took any role, and he was smart enough to take the role with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And again, you know, there is a connection with wrestling because you know Arnold Schwarzenegger was in that I don't want to call it the WBF, but he was that world bodybuilding champion, and of course he had he hobnobbed with professional wrestlers like Ric Flair and all that stuff, Hulk Hogan and all this stuff. So he was already ingrained in the wrestling world, if you will, Reflectionites. So it was apropos, T.W., that for for Arnold Schwarzenegger to have clout, to have some say, because he's one of the, the top action movie stars of the 80s, along with himself and Sylvester Stallone. So once Arnold says, I want this guy, he wanted Jesse for those <laughs> right. two movies specifically. So for Predator, we're going to start with Predator first, Reflectionites. So for for Jesse Ventura to be cast in Predator TW, it's a no-brainer because what is Jesse Ventura's gimmick before wrestling? He a Marine. Was a, he was a Marine. He was a Navy yeah. SEAL. So this came so off. So that's not a Marine. <laughs> well, whatever. But <laughs> we both said Marine. Well, you at least agree with me, and then we said Navy SEAL, and I'm like, wait a minute. Well, suck. whatever, but he he <laughs> has he has an affinity and and common knowledge of this type of, of field work, if you will. So whether but, he was a Navy SEAL or mar, a Marine specialist, whatever the case may be, T.W., he was a combat-ready soldier, T.W., so it was apropos to cast Jesse Ventura in this movie. So you even said it. This was an all-star cast, if you think about it. Maybe... You got Apollo Creed, Carl Weathers. You got Jesse Ventura. The funny thing, let's talk about Jesse Ventura's character. Now, he dies like second, first or second. So we got to get that out of the way of reflection. I know the the, the seven of you who watch religiously, y'all have watched Predator. Tian Coupon, I know you've watched Predator. So you don't need me to go from the beginning to end. Jesse Ventura dies second or second in this movie. But you said it yourself, T.W., he's got one of the most uh, iconic lines in this movie. Number one, his presence. He's wearing the, the poncho hat. He's wearing the poncho cowboy hat. He's got the biggest machine gun in the movie. He takes down trees with this fucking, and he named his gun Old Painless. So he already has that. And in the beginning of, of Predator, when they're playing the Little Richard song in the helicopter, when he's going, you know, for their mission to supposedly save some dignitaries, but we'll get into the plot. He has the, the big league tobacco chew, spits it on Carl Weathers' boots, and it will, and he had another line I, I love. Y'all some slack jaw faggots. This will make you, make you grow some <laughs> hair on your nuts. He had lines, T.W., and... And as much as he was not on, you said it, he was not, he was there for a blip, you could say. He was there, you blink your eye, and then he's gone because it's all about Arnold Schwarzenegger. But he had an indelible mark for the limited time he had. What say you, T.W.? And then we'll talk about the plot. 
you you think of it like you almost got to think, okay, he's got the cool alliance because I would say it's, it's kind of the Matthew McConaughey effect. They probably reluctantly cast this guy. He's like, oh, a wrestler? Because wrestling in 85, 87, it still was thought of as trash, you know, by... I disagree. By 85, 86, Vince McMahon's job was to, again, get it mainstream. Right. It got but some not, clout. But I'm saying there's there's still people right now where things are cool, but behind the scenes they're like, fuck that. They're reluctantly down with it, but they're just like, whatever, you know, um... That's why I said Arnold Schwarzenegger has clout to say, I want him. How about this? At the very least, why wouldn't somebody be like, who the fuck is Jesse Ventura? You couldn't get Hulk Hogan? Macho Man? You know, there's someone more popular. I get get you. But, and the reason I say that is because he doesn't last long. Mm -hmm. But his personality, who's to say he didn't ad-lib those lines? Because that's what McConaughey did in Dazed and Confused. He 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 ad lib shit. He only had one line. He was hired to do one line in one scene, but he was going to be seen in two other scenes. This dude ad libs some shit, and they're like, uh, "Do that again." And then told him that they were just riffing, that they weren't going to put this in the movie. And everything he did that day got put in the movie because that link letter guy was like, "This dude has it." And that mm-hmm. now Matthew McConaughey is the second coolest person to live at Patrick Swayze. So I think Jesse goes there and wins him over with his personality. You know, he's another guy who I don't agree with a lot of shit, he says, but I think he's someone that I could hang out with as long as we didn't talk about that shit, right? If we just mm-hmm. went out and had a good time, we're going to have it. You know, I've said that before. I'd probably have a good time with Obama. I would not have a good time with Mitt Romney, but that ain't what I, that's not what makes me vote. But okay, he, he just has a good, you know, he just has charisma. Um, mm-hmm. But then you have guys like, the dude that gets whacked first, the dude that gets whacked after him, they're kind of nobodies, but one of them mm-hmm. lasts longer than Jesse. And then um, I forget how the black dude dies. Kind of the same way, right? He takes Jesse's gun, and and he's the one that shoots down trees. But mm-hmm. that dude that looked like Steve McMichael, I, I would say Jesse probably got the coolest death, too. Right? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, he did. Because a lot of guys are killed off screen, and then you see their dead bodies. Whereas Jesse got shot by a fucking laser, and it came out the front of him, and he's like, ooh, and then he falls over dead. So mm-hmm. it, 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 I think Jesse probably had a lot to do with those lines, whereas he probably wasn't given much on paper, but he mm-hmm. took. And, and I think that's a testament to him. And like you said, the other movie came out at Thanksgiving. He's got way more lines in not way more lines, but you know what I mean? Like dialogue. It's yeah. not one liners. He's got way more dialogue and he's the main event. Jim Brown is the semi main. He's mm-hmm. the IC champ. And <laughs> Captain Freedom is defending the heavyweight title. So we'll get into I, that. We'll get into yeah. that. But let's I, just I think I think no, I'm I it's it's all re- relative because yeah. I'm saying to you, Jesse Ventura Give an inch, take a mile in a good way. He got mm-hmm. his foot in the door. It obviously didn't pan out to too much because what else has he done, really, uh, besides the failed sitcom and the occasional maybe cameos and something? But but it started off good. Yeah, it, it started off good. But, again, like I said, he had motivations for more. You know, like I said, the sad card, unionization and all that. So he had, you know, method to his madness. Austin Theory, yes, that's a good one. Did he one. get the sad card? Did he end up getting it? I think he did, yeah. He did, he did get the sad card. So that's why you he was... To, let me digress a little bit for the wrestling business, right? Okay. So my buddy Jeff Cavanaugh, and I don't have to keep it a secret anymore, he actually does have a contract with Impact Wrestling now. He's uh, a producer. 
Congratulations to Jeff Kavanaugh. He was over my house yesterday. Um, he was the ring announcer. I talked about him before. I think he did a thing with Big Ray, or he was going to. But anyway, he's a producer now for Impact. Well, he he and Larry Destiny did a bunch of commercials, Axe commercial, a couple other ones. Um, mm -hmm. And Mike Legacy, he was a tag team partner of mine, but he also went to the same school as I he did a lot of stunt work and because I was an American, it was a little harder for me to get booked, but they were going to get me booked up in Toronto to do stunt work and do, um, you know, commercials and stuff like that. And they got their SAG card, at least in Canada. I don't know if that same thing, um, mm -hmm. because they were like, you guys are pro wrestlers. And they're like, yeah. And they go, so you wrestle matches and what else that like, do you ever talk in front of people? Like, yeah, we go out and do promo. So, like, what's a promo? It's like where you stop and you talk shit about your upcoming match, like selling it, you know? Or mm -hmm. in, at the show, they gave us – I didn't end up doing it, but they gave those guys – they gave them credit. They said, how many years did you wrestle? Because it's hours. you got to have so many hours in to be in the SAG. Mm -hmm. They gave them credit for, at that point, four years of professional wrestling, and they were like, you. so you probably average an hour or two a week every week, right? So – you got to have, I think, 200 hours at the time for SAG. So after they finished doing their commercial, they all got SAG cards. Wow. I think you got to stay active, though. Like, you lose it if you don't. Think about Jesse. Think about right. Jesse with the commentating. An hour a week, right. every week. So he already developed those 200 hours very quickly and in the promos. And, and it's scripted to a, to a point, at least mm -hmm. now. For, yeah, yeah so. they, they got their SAG cards for that. Mm -hmm. And I, I regret not doing it. I wish I would have done it. I had no desire to be a stuntman. That's, that's what, if, if it would have just been sold to me as commercials, I'd have done it. But to, to be sold as, because Toronto's kind of, you, you know, the, Vancouver's more their Hollywood. Right. Um, but Toronto's a second, like they're New York, how New York records L, uh, Law and Order and the HBO shows, people, stuff like that. People got to teach you, TW, the groupie uh, pyramid of getting laid, you oh. know. Groupies oh, want stuntmen. Then they want the main, you know, they want the production assistant, the stuntman, and then they'll go to the, the main star. But anyway, neither here nor there. Let's get into this. Predator came out June of 1987. TW, it was, it was, the budget was so, you know, in today's age, you know, a budget for Predator would be like 200 million, give or take. You know what the budget for, for Predator here was? What? Take a guess. You said today would be two hundred million. Yeah. So what I'm was it in nineteen eighty-seven? Uh, because of Joe Biden's inflation, two hundred million or two hundred million because it's twenty twenty-two. The economics is not Joe Biden's fault. <laughs> yeah, fifty million. Wrong. Fifteen million dollars to make wow. this movie, and it made a hundred million dollars worldwide. And so ten million of that went to Schwarzenegger. Of course. So it was deemed <laughs> to me with the economics here and the mathematics, it was deemed a success in my humble opinion. But I believe they're actually called Reaganomics at this time. Yeah. Re Reaganomics <laughs> and Joe Biden uh, inflation all works together because they try to fuck with the working class. But anyway, the cast of characters is, is a who's who. You got Arnold Schwarzenegger as the main character as Dutch, leader of the Green Beret Special Battalion. Carl Weathers is Dylan, a CIA operative who betrays his best friend Dutch. You got Jesse Ventura, whose character's name is Blaine. Blaine Cooper, the man who carries the biggest gun in the movie. You got El, El Padilla Carrillo as Ana Gonzalez, 
the you know the hostage that the Americans you know took with her you know and all that stuff. You got Richard Chavis as Jorge Pancho Ramirez, the explosives man. You got Sonny Landham as Billy Soil, a tracker and a scout. You got Shane Black as that's Hawkins. Jimmy Michael. Well, okay. You got Shane Black as Hawkins, the radio operator. So you know it's a who's who here. The plot is is simple. T.W. It's a Green Beret special uh, battalion group that does what you know that does the dirty work. They go into the insurgent jungles all across the world, and you know they get a mission and they complete that mission. They're the best at it. So Carl Weathers' character as Dylan, who's been in Washington for years. You know, he's getting that politician money. He's getting that dirty Reaganomics money. He convinces Blaine, uh, not Blaine, he convinces Dutch for one special mission to go into Central America and to stop the insurgents. You know, not like uh, Vladimir Putin, not like Zelensky in Ukraine, but stop those Central American insurgents from, uh, you know, weapons uh, dealings and all that stuff. He also convinces his Green Beret battalion that these insurgents killed some diplomats, some U.S. diplomats. So already, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's doing what he has to do for his country. He's protecting, you know, national security for his country, TW. So, of course, it's the American way. And, of course, they go in, into that that helicopter. You hear Little Rich's long, tall, sa- long, long, tall Sally. All right, that's a tongue twister, but anyway, <laughs> neither here nor there. That's one of the most iconic uh, starts to the movie, in my humble opinion, T.W. So, you know, you got everything there. You got the special Green Beret team, battalion team. You got Jesse Ventura chewing the tobacco. You got people just, you know, the radio's blazing with long, tall Sally. So, T.W., you already know that, you know, business is about to pick up, as J.R. would say. What say you? And then we'll get into more of what's going on in this movie. I, I, I see. This is the thing about watching a week ago. I don't even remember there being a girl held hostage. So like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking them all up. Uh, but I just read something very sad, man. What's the that? The guy that played the Predator. Kevin is, Peter uh, Hall. Yeah, he died in 1991 of AIDS. Because he got a blood transfusion, but he he met his wife on the set in 85, got married, had two kids. Predator 2 came out in 1990, and then he died in April of 91. That's sad, man. That, 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 that's some shit where we should have been locked down when motherfuckers give AIDS people blood transfusions and stuff like that. But but I, it's funny because I didn't know he died, and he looked familiar when I was looking at his picture. I'm like, oh, I remember that guy used to do the talk shows because he was six foot nine. He was also mm-hmm. Harry and Henderson's. But, uh, yeah. The movie, so I, I would say this movie for me, Schwarzenegger, if I learned anything from watching these two movies, he is the king of one-liners to the point of reusing them because he says, I'll be back, I think, in both movies. But mm-hmm. um, And we know that's from Terminator. But here's what I like about it. The movie is like an hour and 40, 45, both of them. Um, whereas now movies we both know are two hours and 30 minutes, two hours and 40. Um, it's almost like they trim the fat, but in doing so they, they they leave holes in the plot or whatever. But I, the, I don't know. There's no hole in this plot. Dylan like, t- tells them the, the mission. They do right. the mission, but then 
you know, they're double crossed by Dylan, but they don't. But here's the the. Kicker. But they're not really double crossed by Dylan. He just didn't tell him why they were there because he knew he wouldn't come if it wasn't. So he he manipulated them. He didn't of double cross them. That's that's because he's still friends. They still are willing to die for each other. There, they have their little tip or whatever. But they're still boys, right? Like so, they don't insult the code of the Marine. I just saw something on uh, TikTok. This mm-hmm. should make you cry, man. And this is a sensitive subject for me, but. What it is, is this black dude, and he's taking groceries out of the back of his car. And this white dude walks up behind him. And when he turns and looks, they're old military friends that haven't seen each other in a long time. I'm gathering they fought in a war together. Because this, the next thing you see, this black dude looks like he's probably 50s. Is giddy like a child on Christmas. He's so happy to see this other guy. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say it's a sensitive subject, it's a black dude and a white dude. According to the fucking news in the world, that doesn't happen, right? But here it is. This is absolute love for each other, like a bond that you and I can never even imagine fighting what's that term? each other Separify, in the What's that term? Separify? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, that, that's and a so, bond. That's a brotherhood. Literally, this is a big dude, too. Both of them are big dudes. The black dude jumps in his arms and wraps his legs around him like your kid would jump in your arm, right? Mm-hmm. And it literally teared me up because I thought that is absolutely 100% uninhibited love and respect for another human being. And the other guy is fighting, you know, and, there, and here's the side note. They're either Marines, Army, or whatever, mm-hmm. soldiers who aren't supposed to be that way. And they're just, it's just, it's just, a, it's like you're, this is going to sound like a terrible, but I'm saying the pureness of it coming home and your dog seeing you as you've been gone for eight hours. Like your dog doesn't give a fuck where you were, what you were doing. He just happy you're home. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, I thought, I don't even know why the person sent it in the group thread, but it was definitely TikTok. And I was just like, Hey man, thanks for sharing that because I wouldn't have saw it otherwise. And it's just, it's, it's real. So, I go back to Predator. Yes. Here, here's the side note. You say double cross. I say, uh, what's the word I used? Manipulation. Uh, yeah, he manipulated him. But the reason he manipulated him, because he even tells him he knew he was the guy for the job. No one else could do it but mm-hmm. this guy right. and his team. So it was it was still done out of respect. It was still, but it was out of desperation. He needed the best and he had to manipulate the reasoning to get him there. So Schwarzenegger was mad at first, but then was like, fuck it. We got a job to do. Let's do it. And they were still boys. So I Mm -hmm. I respect that part of it, but that's what I mean by rushed because they really don't play out the relationship. You don't really know their relationship, right? Because other stuff like Jack Reacher guys know each other from the military, but they weren't boys. They just Mm -hmm. crossed paths. So, that's where I was kind of like, did these dudes cross paths, or did they were they boys? Did they do they know? Well, shit they were they, they were Vietnam about? they were Vietnam war buddies. You could say right. that they so fought in that I mean. water. That's their right. connection there. So, right. but in the beginning, tr- you don't right. know that. You just know that they kind of know each other and they're friendly. You don't know mm-hmm. that they're boys. And right. I think the whole swerve and the swerve would imply they're not boys, but they're letting him go with the swerve. Well, again, I, I say it's a double cross because of where Dylan Carl Weathers character is now. He's in Washington. He's in the right. CIA. And we know the the reputation of the CIA as not double agents, but they double cross and they don't do, you know, they're not very forthcoming. They're not very transparent. And we got, and I got a Becky Lynch in my face. 
Becky two belts. Becky two belts, yes. Very good. I'm showing you what they call in the streets, mail call. Cry me a river. But anyway, <laughs> now we get, well, before we get into the meat and the crust of Predator, because we, like I said, we're not going to go into all this stuff. But the one thing I noticed in this movie, because I think it's because of Arnold Schwarzenegger's, because at this time, this is at the prime of Arnold Schwarzenegger's buffness. Not 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 sounding gay here. He TW. looks young. He looks young, He's too. Young. You know, this is a couple of years after Conan the Barbarian movies where he showed off, you know, the 24-inch the, the pythons, you, if you will, the big chest and all that stuff. Did you notice, T.W., how all the dudes in the Green Beret, even Carl Weathers himself, in this movie, they all had to, you know, be half naked. You had to see the biceps of, of Arnold Schwarzenegger. You had to see Carl. In the jungle. You had to see the, the the abs of Carl Weathers. You had to see the biceps of Jesse the Body Ventura. You had to see the biceps of, of of Billy Soul, the tracker and the scout. So you saw people, you know, trying to look rip and cut. Did you notice that TW? I I know it was Central America. I know it's 105 degrees in and the now in, I know in why the shade. This movie, but yeah, I. I, I <laughs> I did not pick this movie because I wanted to see some abs and, and some and some male breasts. But anyway, I just wanted to point that fun fact out for all the reflectionites. Did you notice that TW or that was not even in your uh it, it never in your radar? Mind, but to be fair, I do know be what you're fair. talking about now. But most military movies, there's no sleeves. There's no, mm. you know, they're they're basically trying not to. They're trying to be But this is different. This is different because of Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger sets the precedent. He is going to be half naked. He's going to have the the shirt cut off. You're going to see... People pay to see the 24-inch pythons. And everybody else had to keep up with him. Carl Weathers had to keep up. He had to keep that Apollo Creed body on him. He wanted to look good. He wanted to look like he was chiseled and rock hard and all that stuff. So that was a fun body. Now... They, you know, they get into this insurgent camp, uh, Reflectionites. They take out all the bad guys. They find out that the, the guys that they were supposedly trying to save and, and, you know, and rescue are already dead. They weren't dead by these insurgents. They were dead by another character that they didn't know was in the jungles of Central America, which we find out is a seven-foot alien predator, T.W., <laughs> played by Kevin Peter Hall. Now, of course, we know the history of the Predator franchise. This is a time traveler, so to speak. There's a species of predators that come down to any planet in the solar system and hunt for sport. They're not hunting for, you know, they have a reason to hunt. So if they're a threat to somebody with guns or violence, they attack those people that they deem as a credible threat. They did that in Alien versus Predator. So... They're, are they good guys, T.W.? No. Are they bad guys, T.W.? No. But in the wrestling terminology, they're tweeners. They have a reason to do what they do best. Now, for this particular movie in The Predator, because Arnold Schwarzenegger is the proverbial proverbial hero, if you will, the proverbial protagonist, if you will, everybody deemed The Predator as the villain. What say you, T.W.? It's a tweener. I... 100% villain. I don't know how you justify hunting No, in the franchise, in the, in the yeah, franchises. In this movie, inevitably they might become that. But in this movie, they are straight up heels. Because we don't know the history. Well, if now, if they only hunted people that hunted rhinos and, and elephants for their tusk, I'd be on board and I would help fund their organization. But the fact that they're 
basically wait murdering but, people but, but, but tw their bad guys you know why i say they're tweeners in this movie he kills one of uh, one of Arnold Schwarzenegger's Green Beret. Of course, he kills Blaine. He kills Jesse Ventura. He kills all these people. But he did not kill the hostage. He didn't kill the girl because she was no credible threat. She had no weapons, no, no nothing. So that's why I say she's a tweener. That's I'm just trying to give you that. And there's like, also, hostage. since you want to blow this guy, there's also a point where they don't <laughs> do it with, with words. But they basically. Blow this who, who, who do I want to blow? I don't want to blow nobody. What is, what is Michael Hall, Anthony Michael Hall, whatever the hell his name is. Kevin um, Peter Hall. Yeah, you want to you want to put his Peter in your hall, but listen, I'm, I'm yeah, <laughs> it was gross. So, but here's the deal: he notices that Schwarzenegger's unarmed, so he drops yeah. his shit and is like, "Bruce Lee and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, let's go." He mm -hmm. wants to fist fight him, and then whoops, Schwarzenegger's ass. But he he fights fire with fire, if you will. He doesn't uses weapons anymore he sets them down so mm -hmm. there's some there's some truth to what you're saying like it's uh honor among thieves type thing you know like mm -hmm. I i'm a warrior so i'm gonna fight right. you like one and so mm -hmm. i see that but i again this is my first time seeing this i've never i didn't even see alien i saw aliens not knowing mm -hmm. it was a sequel so with all the nods to the Android and all that shit, I had no idea. People were popping for people walking on screen. I'm like, who the fuck is this? And then I found out it was a sequel. So there's Alien, Aliens. And then you, Alien are, you are in the minority of movies that I thought everybody, at least 99.9% .9 of the people have seen in this world. You are the point one that I never knew it. But existed. again, I can't say it enough. I grew up in the fucking hood where there wasn't no cable, damn it. And but there so was movie theaters, I damn it. If I, right, but uh, maybe you missed the hood part. It's not <laughs> like we had movie theater money to go to the movies every time a movie came out. Mm -hmm. And I saw, when I went to the movie, I just told the story the other day. The Norwest Theater in Detroit, Rock City. They would play two movies. They would play one. It'd be an hour and a half. They would clean the theater out. And then they would play the second movie. And they would purposely mm -hmm. pair two movies together that nobody would want to see both. And one day, I spent the entire fucking day there watching The Last Dragon. And after The Last Dragon ended, the fuck Care Bear movie played. And then after Care Bear movie went back to The Last Dragon. And I'm pretty sure we watched both movies three times. So I spent the end with one ticket. We saw the whole damn day, Last Dragon and the Care Bear movie. Because I was, it was also, I think, 87. No, 87 is La Bamba. Last Dragon is probably 85, 86. 85. And... and so I'm 12 or 11, and so the Care Bear movie is still kind of in my wheelhouse. And me and my friends are like, because it was a cartoon that got made into a movie. We're down. But of then course, other times, of, of course, when you're with your friends and your buddies, you pay for one ticket and you sneak into everything else. I did that too in our yeah. in our hood movie. So I agree with you 100% on that. So TW, within this movie, let's talk about the killings. We don't. Ha right. We know the end. Arnold Schwarzenegger wins in the end. He's the sole survivor along with the girl that was the hostage. Everybody else dies. We could talk about Jesse Ventura. He had the, one of the most vicious deaths because it was more visible to me in my humble opinion. Right. Jesse Ventura gets blasted with the laser from the backside. He didn't get to see it coming. And it goes through. Now, did Jesse Ventura, you know, with his acting skills as a rookie, did he die honorably, or did he try to overplay the death? He had that look in his eye, like I, I it, was, it looked. It looked real to me. I mean, it was. I had no problem with it. 
Okay, yeah, no problem with it. I, I just, but did you see the eyes? It was like the eyes rolling a little bit. And like, oh, uh, he had the mouth open. It's like also was, the eighties. So you gotta, you gotta course. sell it. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just giving my little nitpicking here. Hindsight critiquing in all fun reflection. As I'm not saying I'm ridiculing this movie. I love Predator. I watch it all the time. We could talk about Carl Weathers, aka Dylan. His death is one of the most funniest ones because the arm gets blown off. But he's not going to get, but he doesn't, the, the arm gets blown off with the machine gun that was on the arm. The left right. arm with the machine gun gets blown off, so he has nothing to shoot with. He has to get another gun from his right side, but it was on his left side, TW. So then the predator kills him. That's one of the funniest ones, and he's screaming. Now, one of the, one of the most tragic ones was the other black guy in this movie who was kneeling down, crouching down in the, in the, I guess the trees, you could say, on, on the logs. He was trying to sneak up from behind the predator, even though the predator bends light. So I don't know how this guy, this black guy must have been <laughs> smoking some marijuana, some Central American <laughs> marijuana, to think he was going to sneak up on a, on a predator, on an alien that was already bending light. Who could, you couldn't even hear him. And the funniest thing about his death, T.W., was he was on top of him, looking down on him, he notices him, then lasers him right in the dome, and he goes down. You didn't see his eyes or nothing. So, T.W., these killings, what did you think about them? How excellent the, the, the 80s was for these action killings. I, I, I enjoyed this movie, and I, I would assume, I, and I try to watch it with a grain of salt, knowing that I'm watching it 35 years later, right? and. Mm -hmm. I think I'm blown away in 87 by this movie. For one, I'm young enough to be blown away by it and, you know, not pick it apart, mm -hmm. not Cisco and Eberding the fucking thing. Um, of course not. And then, and then, and then also, I just, I think it stands the test of time. It, it, it I don't, I don't, I, like you said, there's, it, you say it's not plot holes. I don't mean it's plot holes. I mean, it's just rushed is what I meant to say. Like, they just leave a lot of things to the imagination that you just have to assume this is what happened or this is what they're doing or whatever. And but I think the beauty, T.W., of the 80s action movies, whether it was Schwarzenegger, Stallone or Van Damme, I think people just was so like, get to the action. I don't right. need a plot. Right. I don't need a backstory. I don't need your action. Now you're talking about porn. But yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, Especially the 80s. Well, Reflection Ice, if you want me to do, uh, you know, one night in China for a pro wrestling uh, PWR at the movies. It will be a solo. <laughs> get the get the baby oil ready. But anyway, TW, again, Arnold Schwarzenegger finds a weakness, you could say, or something that aids him in his fight against the predator, against the alien, that he can bend. Too soon. He can Too bend soon. light. We mean Too, Too soon. soon. The Predator died from AIDS in real life, man. You can't say he kills him with AIDS. I didn't say that. Jesus Christ. He, he finds something that aids him in the killing of the Predator. And they oh, kill him with Jesus AIDS. Christ, man. That's what you hear. <laughs> oh, boy. But anyway, he finds out that he, once you put mud on yourself, you right. are not visible in the Predator's eyes. So he uses that to his advantage. And, of course, in the main event in the jungles. Main event. He gets the one up and on the Predator, but the Predator has one more gift for Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that is that he is a alien 
with a detonation button in his body. And he blows up half of Central America. So there you go. <laughs> so all of the uh, climate change activists, this movie is proof positive that climate change is real, TW. Because of that, that explosion, every climate change activist like Greta Thornburg will say, see, it's because of this, which is real. It has happened in real life. When you blow off the rainforest like this, that's why the weather is what it is. That's why Detroit is always cold, TW, that you hate the cold weather. So... Blame things like this. This is real life, but they use an alien to cover the conspiracies. But anyway, <laughs> now we get into the second movie of our double feature. Um, see, that that's a good one where I like the, the, the Monica, but the head, the one with no paint, is kind of like, he looks like a, no. a twisted sister. No, he's got paint. It's messed up. Oh, it's messed it's up. It's supposed oh, okay. to be the end of the match, but my buddy Jeff from Impact Wrestling said his one problem with it is is you put the other head on there. Let's say Jim Morrison from the Doors, but you put mm-hmm. the other head on there. The the chest paint's not worn off, so it doesn't. It's still not realistic. You gotta yeah, match. You, you gotta have the chest, and I'm like, well, the AEW figures that you, are mimicking this are gonna have interchangeable legs. You still have the same problem. But you're not gonna open the box, so you're not gonna do anything. Right. So I'm not. Do- and he's missing a fucking hand. Apparently, he's Luke Skywalker, but it's his left hand. Oh, wow. So but anyway, real quick, while we're in between movies, this okay. thing here, the beauty of this is I ordered this thing back in October or September. It's the Fan Takeover Edition, right? Mm-hmm. It says on the back, the winner was WrestleMania 6 at 42% of the vote. Number two, can you guess which Ultimate Warriors look was the second place vote getter? WrestleMania 7. Survivor Series 1990. That's a good one. That's where he wore the trench coat that had Monster Man on one side. I had that yeah. figure over there. It's actually behind me. It's, that's that's a uh, Jack's figure. And in mm-hmm. third place is SummerSlam 89. That's basic-ass warrior where he beat Honky Tonk Man. It's no, like wearing no, white t- 80, eight, no, 89 was where he was wearing the green trunks, and he had the pink he had the pink war paint with the green liner. Who was he wrestling? Rude? Rude, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, so 88 was when he beat Honky Tonk. Mm-hmm, with the white. I was there. Yeah, that makes sense. So anyways... All right. So I ordered this one, I ordered the Hulk Hogan, I ordered the Triple H. And the Hogan and the Triple H, both, they have sent me emails saying I had to accept that they're not going to be here on time, and if I don't, they're going to cancel my order. So I'm like, huh? And so I reordered Triple H because I didn't realize that's what it was saying. And then Mm -hmm. I realized my Amazon account never shows the Ultimate Warriors being at my orders. So I'm like, man, I bet I missed one of those emails. And Major Pod. You know, the Action Figure Podcast with Zach Ryder. Um, mm-hmm. They've been showing up and people have been putting on Instagram pictures of their warrior. And I'm like, that pisses me off because I'm not getting it. This is my favorite version of the warrior, by the way. That that icon. I got another version mm-hmm. of it right right up there. But uh, anyhow, um, it's my favorite version of them. And then I'm like, I'm not going to get it. And these things go for like 100 150 bucks almost immediately like because they're just they only make one of the guy well this is the second word long story short about a week ago i get an email right when i was bummed out i because i looked up my triple h i had to do it again for triple h and i'm like i'm never going to get that warrior then i get an email hey man there's been a change you're going to get your warrior between march 14th and march 19th and i'm like mm-hmm. what so i sent a picture of my buddies jeff and and sean and the motherfucker came today cool hey. yeah and, and I know that's going to go in this little slot right here where nobody as the, as the old touch it again. As the old Zen master says, exercise your patience and things will come 
you know, will align. The stars will align. The planets will align. Yeah. But anyway, let's get into the second movie of this double feature, T.W., with Jesse Ventura. You talked about it a little bit, that he played Captain Freedom in The Running Man that came out in Thanksgiving weekend of 1987. Now, this movie was a $27 million budget, T.W., and it grossed $38 million. United States, not, uh, I guess, nationally, not uh, worldwide, so I don't have those figures. So I guess you could say it was not a uh, success. Barn burner, yeah. It, it, it broke even, you could say. So that's not a good thing. But, of course, you know, the check's clear for Schwarzenegger. So, But in my humble opinion, again, a lot of reflectionites might agree with this. This is another cult classic that you will watch on HBO Max or you'll watch on Netflix or wherever your streaming platforms will have it. It's a it's a popular thing to stream. That's a, that's for damn sure. But anyway, this is a funny movie, TW, because this movie was not supposedly in 1987. This was in the future. This was 2017. So technically, this was a this was a United States run by Donald Trump. This was Donald Trump's United States. This was not this was not liberalism, TW. This was not socialism. This is conservatism. Oh, this no, is no no. No, see, you're stretching it. It's saying basically the world economy are collapsed. That's a Democrat thing. They want the world economy. The conservatives I'm going, want I'm going the with U.S. The, economy. I'm going with the the year here. The year is 2017. Tw. And they missed and it who by was, about five years. And who was president in 2017? That was Donald Trump. So Donald Trump is the president. He fucked up America, and this is what uh, this is what our future was. Uh, no, <laughs> it's all of them. They're implying all of them <laughs> fucked up America, and they're not wrong. See, this is the this is the beauty of of what it is now because in 1987, me and TW would say fuck the government uh, unanimously. It's not about Democrats. It's not about Republicans. I now, still feel that way. I know. I I feel that way too. But TW, you would agree with this. Now in 2020, Deuce, saying what I'm saying here, this is a futuristic movie. The first thing that people will debate. What kind of society is this run by? Is this run by a Republican uh, government? Is this run by a Democrat government? Of course, you'll get that 50-50 split. You'll get the tribalism split. Again, the funny thing about this movie, Escape from New York, Escape from L.A., Starship Troopers, you know, the future is what you make of it, T.W. We know this. Idiocracy. Yeah, idi idiocracy. Well, I don't know which uh, government wants to take credit for that one or what kind of uh, uh, diplomacy. Yeah, you'll say Democrat, of course. That's see. one thousand percent. Most people <laughs> would say that. I, I'm that. See, they're the reason we say do it now. There's a reason. There's a, it's the young people. It really, it's not politicians. It's young people. Mm -hmm. Every generation is lazier than the previous, and, of and we're lazier than our parents, and our kids are lazier than us. Bottom line, and there are people in real life who, instead of laughing, say LOL to people when they say something funny. That mm -hmm. is currently. That's on laziness. pace to making Idiocracy a documentary, not a movie. It is, but what I'm trying to the, – the point I'm trying to make, T.W., is in 87, we would universally say, F the government. Fuck right. the government. But now right. we are, would have debates upon debates. It would be me against Bello. It would be you against, you know, one of the – How is Bello? I don't, he, he's, you know, doing his thing with the right wing uh, – the, the right opinion podcast. Shout outs to them. But anyway, T.W., it, this would be a debate about which movies, these futuristic movies, which government will be running it here. But anyway, hindsight's 2020, T.W., let's go with the 87 hindsight. The future is bleak. 
It is run by corporations. It is run by, you know, greedy politicians. But in this futuristic of 2017, since this, this was 1987, there is no flying cars. But TW, <laughs> before we even talk about the plot and the main But there's events, digital video. There's digital, no, but there's certain things that happen here. You see digital video, you see digital calls and all that stuff. So, but TW, what, what I'm trying to say here is what do you think? It, it's funny because an 87 movie talks about 2017. That's 30 years from now. Now we hear what, what, what is in that movie that we have right now besides the digital stuff. We have a lot of stuff that was in this movie, you could say. So it's kind of funny, apropos, you know, history is repeating itself or they you know what's you know what's, you know what's one thing that's in that movie that i think is done today what the 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 uh the manipulating the video to cut and splice it and to make it look like it's more mm -hmm. the photoshop than it is yeah photoshop um mm -hmm. but but also like you know like we see a lot of videos and that cause people to lose their shit on the internet and then you're not seeing the whole video. And then when people see the whole video, no one's apologizing for it. They just walk away like, oh, shit, let me just get out of here. Because they don't want to accept the L that they reacted emotionally to the mm -hmm. first draft of that video, where it's clearly starting after something already went down. And then you find other parts of the video that shows what led up to what we saw first and, and now. So the, the manipulation of video is mm -hmm. is something that I think is absolutely prevalent in our society today. Um right. and then also bloodthirsty fucking people. Like they're they're cheering for Schwarzenegger to get killed in this game. Like they're cheering against the contestant. And I think mm -hmm. that's what we're headed as a society. People make it's been in the news a lot lately. People making fun of people on the wheel of fortune for getting answers wrong. People making fun of people on Jeopardy for whatever. People are just bloodthirsty, and then in this movie, when the bad guys die, they're sad. They're sad that the bad guys die, and that's the world we live in now. The bad guys are good guys, and the good guys are the bad guys. Obviously, yeah. there's exceptions to every rule, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. And, of course, another thing that, uh, T.W., you kind of missed the boat on it because I thought you was going to get it. Uh -huh. You know, how today in the Biden inflation age – you know, gas is like six or seven dollars. Did you realize the price of a Coke or a Pepsi? No, six or seven dollars. <laughs> Not even for a gallon. Yeah, for a can, for a can of Coke right. was six right. or seven dollars. Like, you got any, any change? God damn these right. prices. So, oh, yeah, I didn't know it was a Coke they were trying to buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was six or seven dollars. So, you know, luckily They're we haven't three now. Yeah. You got three? I still, I'm still lucky enough to get about a dollar fifty, or two dollars. Oh, around here, it'll be like it used to be like a two liter was a buck, and a and a mm -hmm. twenty ounce was two bucks. Now okay. a can, a can's cheaper, but I mean a twenty ounce bottle is usually one eighty nine plus a dime. Like for the last few years, I've seen them now for two thirty nine, two twenty. I'm like, whoa! And then if you do Grubhub or or Uber Eats or whatever, and you have them bring you a Coke, whatever, it, it's two forty nine, two fifty nine. Obviously, I'm, they jack it up. Of course, I'm gonna be honest. Reflection Nights. I was pissed off in '87 because I think '86 when I was hanging out with my friends, you know, and then I had like a dollar. My cocaine was sixty five cents. I got pissed off when they raised it ten cents to seventy five cents. I'm like, oh, God damn it! I had more. I was gonna buy potato chips and I was gonna buy some gum. I was gonna buy some five cent bazooka jokes. I couldn't do that anymore. Tw, 
I had bro, to make my uh, choice. A dollar, a dollar used to get me a glass bottle of cherry coke and a better made barbecue bag of potato chips. Because I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. have better made there. That's a Detroit brand. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they were fifty cents each, and it and it was right. for my youth. And then all of a sudden, it ain't the case no more. So the plot in this movie, Reflection Nights, is Arnold Schwarzenegger actually. You know, T.W. knows this, and Billy Ray Valentine from the Infinite Fringe knows this, that the professor, when the Illuminati wins, when the Illuminati takes over, when all the corporations (laughs) takes over, the professor will join the Illuminati, will join the corporations. So Ben Richards... So you're basically the guy in prison with a shirt tied and not wearing lipstick. Got it. No, no, no. no. I'm going to be the prison guard... Snitching on y'all while you're y'all while y'all the freedom fighters. I'm glad anyway. you brought that up because I have a question for you. Shoot, you're kind of seeing it in Russia right now, where the Russians are taking to the street and storming Capitol Hill and going, "Hey, man, hold up, we don't want mm-hmm. this shit, right?" Mm-hmm. But I, it makes me wonder because I this movie has you know it's the precursor to the Hunger Games, it's the precursor to um, Maze Runner or whatever. You know, I, I would I would gather this influence those writers in some way. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know. You just said you'd do it. There ain't no way. Like, like I'm watching Schwarzenegger when he's in the helicopter, and I would feel like human beings would be more like he is in the beginning, where he goes, they're unarmed. No, I'm not shooting them. Mm-hmm. Who's the fuck, who the fuck are the assholes that say, fine, and then shoot people? Like, who? How, that's what I don't understand. Like, I know these armies in Russia are scared of Putin because he's going it, to – it's like the mafia. He's, he's going to murder your, right your kids. He's right going to murder everybody. your wife. He's going to do all that stuff. So, right. you know, you join the winning team. But how isn't everyone isn't like, yeah, fuck this. Like the Hunger Games guys, they go home at night and fucking crack open a beer and just watch football. No, it doesn't exist anymore. So you'd have to be conscience-free, right? Like, for mm-hmm. example, in that helicopter. Schwarzenegger's the only one that doesn't want to shoot on an unarmed crowd that's fighting for bread. Right. But everyone else is like, fuck it. We got an order. Let's do it. Who who the fuck is that guy? Like, who did they they break to make them okay with 1,500 people getting massacred? You don't realize the benefits of being on the other side, TW. The fringe benefits, the the pension, the the health benefits, the the gym membership. You don't realize this. The the lack of sleeping at night because you can't sleep with your conscience. Oh man, it. my my conscience would be good with all that money in my in my bed. But anyway, neither here nor there. But anyway, Ben Richards is on the other side. He is on the side of the corporations, and the corporation is represented by ICS. What is ICS Reflection Nights? It is the television network that runs the country. It it has the number one show in the country, maybe in the world, but they're not really going that crazy. TW, but so let's just say the number one a show in the country, The Running Man, where it gives uh, prison inmates a chance for rehabilitation and also supposedly, you know, freedom from, you know, whatever crimes that they commit. If they, com- you know, compete and complete these four challenges in these four quadrants. But I'm going a little bit ahead of myself. But anyway, right. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a man that's joining the corporation. And as you said, T.W., it's a corporation. He, he had an epiphany. <laughs> In the helicopter, he did not want to shoot at innocent civilians who were just trying to get some food. Right. I understand that. And, of course, orders are orders. Now, Ben Richards has go, has to go to prison first, but he escapes with the help of Yatha Koto and some other dweeb. I forget his name, but neither here nor there. They were in that internment camp, you could say. 
it was kind of a prison kind of you know environment they escape they go into this uh refugee camp if you will reflectionites where they meet these freedom fighters they try to you know but all Arnold Schwarzenegger aka Ben Richards wants to do TW is get out of that city he wants to go down to Hawaii he wants you know the funny thing he wants to get out of the city but he still wants to stay in the country he thinks going to Hawaii is one of the you know well, we don't know. It might be they might be not Americans anymore. If the whole world collapsed, they had a they might have fucking Quebec and got out of Dodge. Well, we don't know here, but you know, I I kind you, you know how you nitpicked and, and thought of plot holes. You know that is a plot hole that you want to escape right. from a city to just go to another country. But if you think about it, ICS, which is like Netflix, which is like Google, which is like Facebook, right? You could say that, right? TW. Let's just right. say Facebook and Google, they manipulate the, the, the viewership. They manipulate it to, to their propaganda. They manipulate it to their agenda. So Ben Richards, a.k.a. Arnold Schwarzenegger, is the ultimate, ultimate villain. He is the butcher of Bakersfield. That's what he was deemed at. Right. So ICS right. is the, the network that controls your minds. And they need a host to, you know, feed feed that frenzy, as you said, the bloodthirsty fans. And what better person to be the host of The Running Man than Richard Dawson of Family Feud fame? Now, th- it's funny here, T.W., because by 87, Family Feud is off the air. It, it didn't get, like, like re- it got recast with Ke- Ray Combs in 1990. So, right. you know, Family Feud was off the air for a little bit. So, you know, Richard Dawson was a, a, a known name as one of the top game show hosts for the last, it's 87 years, for the last 10 years, it was him, it's Bob Barker, it's, uh, I forget the other guy's name from Pressure Luck, but those were like the, or John Davison from Hollywood Squares, so he was at the the Mount Rushmore's of game show holes. What say he's you still there. About? Yeah, I'm not and, saying he's. And he's perfect, because he's in deep. Oh, Bobby everything. Banks, that was another one I'm thinking about. Bobby Banks, yeah. oh, he's, he's on the Mount Rushmore too, and uh, Burt Conboy from uh, win, lose, draw, who died of cancer, brain cancer. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, the everything he's loved for on Family Feud is mm-hmm. what he is on this, but it's sleazy, right? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. he's trying to hook up with the old bitches. He, I have friends, their last name is McArdle, so it's cool that the one lady's name was McArdle and she was a regular, and she's the one that put her money on Ben Richards. And he's like, you can't do that. You got to bet on a stalker. They even make mm-hmm. the guy's name Stalker like it's a bad thing, right? But right. they're cheering the bad guys, booing the good guys in this movie. That is our society. Um, so, yeah. they uh, Were you the one put on Facebook, you smell another uh, Nicole and Ron situation with Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson and Kanye's OJ? No, that wasn't me. I, I, read I, that, I read that and went, ouch. Like, why w- would you even speak that into existence? For some reason, I, I, I wish I would. You. I wish I would take credit for that. You know me. I take credit <laughs> for anything like that. But no, that was I not know. me. You you killed the predator with AIDS. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Well, he killed himself with it. But anyway, neither here nor there. But, TW, let's get into the concept of the Running Man game itself. Because, again, Arnold Schwarzenegger has clout. Arnold Schwarzenegger has pull. So being the wrestling fan he is, I'm going hindsight here, TW. Right. He's incorporating professional wrestling with this. But it is bloodthirsty. It is violent. It It's UFC, WWE, and, you know, mafia killings all roll up into one, uh, you know, bow. 
pretty bow, if you will. And Jesse Ventura is Captain Freedom, a retired stalker. He hasn't done it in five years, but he's one of the best at being the stalkers, undefeated. But TW, like I said, there is a professional wrestling aspect because of the cast of characters. You had Sub-Zero, played by Professor Toro Tanaka. You had Buzzsaw. I forgot the, the guy's name, but I'm just going with the stalker's name. You had Buzzsaw. You had uh, Dynamo. You had Fireball. And, of course, the main event, Captain Freedom. This is professional wrestling. You had cast of characters. You had charisma. You had, uh, you had let's say, uh, you had a look. They had the look factor. They had the it factor. What say you about the stalkers within the running man? It's professional wrestling oriented. That's what I'm trying to say. It absolutely is. And it, I mean, it's actually a cool concept if it were, you know, well, I, I, I think they point out the obvious that corporations are greedy, right? So mm -hmm. that's the real heel. Um, but like, I believe if that show existed in modern day, and it was pedophiles and rapists and child murderers. People would get behind that shit and they would watch it. And we live in a in a in a society that's all about glorifying violence. Um, video games. I mean, what are the you, most popular you know video the, games? You, you know where the Running Man would be playing right now in 2020? Deuce. Netflix. No, no, no. I mean, what state? Oh, uh, California. No, too liberal. It, it would be in a liberal state. No, it would not. Uh, it would. Yeah, you're right. It would be in. It would be in two places, and I'm it, off the top of my head: Texas and Florida. Yeah, those motherfuckers. Yeah, they would want to kill them. Florida would have the old ladies, and they already had the studios to film because I right. with John Davidson. And and DeSantis um, would love to kill like some MS13 gang members. So you know he would love to yeah. bring them in there. So th what you're saying is right: pedophiles and all this stuff. So that's the way I'm looking at it. So TW. It, I guess the cast of characters like so you had uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and his band of misfits of Yafet Koda and the other dweeb, you know, they're trying to run through these quadrants. So, again, Sub-Zero had the hockey rink. You had Dynamo and Buzzsaw at the factory. You had Fireball in the basement, which really didn't make sense, but it was kind of dingy. I think the black guy got kind of the, the short end of the stick of, of quadrants because it, it looked like one of them... It looked like racism <laughs> existed, but that's just my <laughs> humble opinion. And, of course, the main event, even though it was Photoshop, Captain Freedom was in the, let, let's just say, like uh, the arena, like an MMA arena, all, right. all corridored together. It's American like, Gladiators. Amer yeah, there, there's a good uh, analogy right there. So let's say you about all the, 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 the environments for all these quadrants because it, it, it had its own feel for it. You know, it gave, you know, for Sub-Zero being in the hockey rink. He uses, uh, you know, his ice skating to his advantage. Right. Being in and the I, factories, Dynamo and Buzzsaw had the had the had the warehouse. He they had the angles, if you will, with the cars that they, they had that they tried to eliminate the stalkers. Fireball had the basement, so he could, you know, use the. That's why I keep saying there's racism here, man. The black guy no, got, I, got the I, short I, end I, of the I, quadrants. No, the other guy's got weapons. The mm -hmm. other guy got the fucking chainsaw. He got a flamethrower. But they were making him out to be brave, like he's going in to the dark to rescue people if he was a good guy. Mm -hmm. He's but he's going into the dark places. He had it harder because he was brave enough to go in there and find people where there was more places to hide. But what's her dick? 
was in there because that's where Dynamo electrocuted the one nerd. Mm -hmm. What threw me off was when she come across those dead bodies, the first one I thought was the nerd, and the second one I thought was the black dude, and I thought, what do you do, barbecue him up and throw him in his locker? Like, what the fuck was the point? That's overkill. And then you mm -hmm. find out it's the three guys that won last season. There's a third yeah. body. Because I'm like, who the fuck is the third body? And I thought, oh, maybe he burned up Buzzsaw, too, and they're just throwing all the bodies in this room. But it mm -hmm. reminded me of Resident Evil, like like a deserted, uh, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think him going down there, he was the tougher guy because he's going down there to find them in hard-to-find places. Like, he found her in the locker room hiding, and then Schwarzenegger snuck up on him. And then right. Jess, Jesse's the main event, but he's got the toughest job of all because he has no weapons, and he's fighting hand-to-hand -hand combat. Mm -hmm. Although he fucking throws the dude on a fucking spike Ouija board of nails. Well, nails. We'll, we'll, we'll get to his fight because, again, like you said be before we really got into this, the manipulation of the corporations to, to feed off the propaganda. We'll get into that right now because within this movie, ICS, a.k.a. Google, a.k.a. Facebook, Reflectionize, I'm going to use that analogy because they always say they manipulate the young minds out there to whatever you want to say. ICS's job is to make you hate Arnold Schwarzenegger, make you hate Ben Richards. They kept calling him the butcher of Bakersfield for a reason. They showed you that stock footage of him. It was him, only him. Everybody else was innocent. He right. was the one that pulled the trigger and killed thousands and thousands of people looking for food, TW. So ICS's job was to make you like hate this guy, be the bad guy. But during this, the funniest thing is while he went into these quadrants, he overcame uh, uh, Sub-Zero. He overcame Buzzsaw. He overcame Dynamo. He overcame Fireball. The crowd, TW, it's like Rocky IV. The Russian crowd respected the American boxer, and the bloodthirsty crowd in the ICS studio started to re respect the butcher of Bakersfield. And like you said, the old lady, the, the number one fan of Richard Dawson here, who's whose character name is Killian. I like that name for uh, the 2017 to 2019 futuristic types. I like, I think I should name my, my future kid Killian. So, cause uh, you know, I'll give him something, you know, give him some aspirations to be a game show. So neither, <laughs> here nor, neither here nor there, but anyway, but TW, that's not what the corporations want. They don't want you to respect the villain like this TW. So what do they do? They're desperate. They need Jesse the Body Ventura's character of Captain Freedom, the undefeated, the only undefeated stalker. Well, technically, they all undefeated. I don't know. I didn't get that. Kind of, that's a plot hole in itself because you know, I guess because of those supposedly those those three guys that were dead in the in the basement with Fireball, there te there's technically a, a, a uh, let's just say there's a somebody some stalker has a has a loss record. They're not undefeated. One of them is not uh, undefeated. I would say Dynamo has a loss record. I would right. say Sub-Zero has a loss record. I think Buzzsaw was the, the the next undefeated, in my humble opinion. But neither here nor there. But anyway, but TW, the corporations have got to manipulate, have got to get it back on their side. So they now do Photoshop. They Photoshop Jesse Ventura. Captain Freedom didn't do anything. They just took his head, and they used, supposedly, in, in this movie, they used stunt actors. They put a head on Captain Freedom. They put a head for uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. They killed off the stunt people. Those were legitimate stunt people that, that paid their dues. So Broke the girl's they, neck. 
It broke the girl's neck. Broke a broke a stunt woman's stunt woman's neck. Broke the stunt man that was supposedly played by Ben Richards. And of course, Captain Freedom wins again, and the crowd was deflated. This was like this was like watching Raw. You're deflated after watching Raw right now in 2020. Deuce, TW. <laughs> what say you? You know, give your hindsight opinion. Why do you think the crowd got deflated? Because were they cheering Ben Richards to overcome the odds? I don't think, like, if you're bloodthirsty, right, you want to see right. death. You want to see right. Ben Richards die. So why would I be deflated, in your humble opinion, that Ben Richards did not make it? Because I don't gain nothing by him, him winning it. I gained by seeing him die. What say you, TW? And then we'll go and The people that were – see, I think you're a little off. The people okay. in the studio cheered like they were supposed to because there's probably applause. No, by, by, by I, but by the time Ben Richards got to Captain Freedom, those fans in the stands, not only, not, not only in the stands, but the people right. outside no, I know, betting, I know. they started. But, when, but they popped when they said Captain Freedom was coming out of fucking retirement. They popped mm-hmm. when Captain Freedom won. They popped when he was standing there bloody, and, and they were like, okay. oh. So really it was like bringing Hogan back to save the day. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, the Warriors saving Hogan against Sid and Pop Shango. But anyways, um, the people betting outside were the ones who were like, fuck, and threw their stuff because they all were betting on him because mm-hmm. they thought – and that was the whole point. That's why they did it. That was the underlying thing. He yelled at Jesse Ventura, who didn't want to do it because he wanted to fight the real guy. That's another whole plot where they didn't have enough dialogue. It looked like he was bitching about the suit. He was bitching about going in the studio and filming it, but I know why they left it out because we didn't know that's what they were doing yet. So mm-hmm. once we figured out what they were doing, you're like, oh, that's what he's bitching about. I thought he was coming in and saying, I ain't fighting that guy because everyone else died like he's a coward. But no, he was saying, no, I want to go out there and live or die, but because they were playing the on code this of, Hollywood yeah, Code of shit. Honor. Yeah, Code of Honor, like you said. And and he said, I don't want to do it, and then he did it anyway. Um so basically, the, the reason Dawson sold him was he was. Are you paying attention? They're betting on Benjamin, so they had to have Benjamin lose so that they didn't lose their money. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like draft sharks and Fanduel. It's all the work, all the right. work, man. Everybody mm-hmm. loses at the end of the day. The house these, wins. These, the house wins. They wouldn't. There wouldn't be a house if they weren't winning more than they were losing. So right. So and everything's digital nowadays. I don't trust casinos. I don't trust FanDuel. I don't trust none of that shit. Again, Running Man is apropos. You don't trust the house because they manipulate the digitals. They yep. manipulate everything. So Ben Richards dies in the main event against Captain Freedom. Captain Freedom didn't break a sweat because he wasn't supposed to, he literally wasn't there. So neither here nor there. Captain but, Freedom was there. He was fighting the other no, guy. No, that wasn't him. That was a digital oh, he, he was also he didn't do it. He didn't want to do it. He left. So uh, they use they used stock footage of his old fight with his oh, old suit. So that's what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. That's that makes more sense now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. now Ben Richards is pissed off because now he knows that they're gonna hunt for him underground where no cameras can see him. So what do they have to do? Well, because of Maria Conchita, she had the, the disc. She had the unedited footage of the butcher of Bakersfield's, uh, you know, the rampage in her coochie. 
I don't know how she kept it up there, but I just wanted to point that out. None of your business. To... She's so no, she said, hot. Yeah, she's she sixty something now, probably. You know, and still so hot. hot. She's still hot. But anyway, she hid it in her coochie while she was running for her life. So I just want that's a very good talent for all you ladies out there, all the lady reflectionites out there, hiding things in your coochie. <laughs> but neither you know there. So Well, you do it in your glory hole. Shut up. But anyway, to make a long story short, reflectionites. Ben Richards leads a battalion of, of freedom fighters back into the ICS television studios. They take control of it, play the unedited footage, and now everybody, every, everybody in the country is watching this right now. They're not changing the channel, TW. The truth is out there. So now, the funny thing here, TW, you want to talk about plot holes, right? So Ben Richards kills Killian. He actually could, well, you could say he commits murder because he actually right. puts him into the cat. He puts him into that thing and it's not controlled by anybody. It's, it's running on its own accord. He goes through that, uh, that billboard. He blows up. Ben Richards technically commits murder. I think I'm, I'm going to defend him. I'm, if okay. I was his attorney, I would say this. Do you know what the difference is between what happens with him and what happened with the other three? Which I'm still confused because they showed them in the same damn tunnel how they came out at different nets. There was no net. So mm -hmm. my defense to Schwarzenegger would be, I thought there was going to be a net. There was no net. So mm -hmm. his ship went into the billboard of himself right. and it exploded. Right. But what the fuck would have exploded? It wasn't an electrical car. It was a little metal thing that slid down a tube. So, but I, I, I laughed. And by the way, Richard Dawson, I, I, a lot of that footage was the same footage that they used. They, they used the same footage over and over again, other mm -hmm. than when they showed the guy. But, man, oh, man, did you see the facelift on, on Richard Dawson. Like, cause when he's going down, the wind's blowing his hair and shit up, and you see mm -hmm. the facelift, unless it was CGI, which didn't exist in 1987. Well, yet. I think it was, it was great Hollywood makeup to make it seem like he was doing all that stuff, and you see like, right. the, the hair, like, right. like the face going like this. The the thing that that's funny, TW, as we close this PWR at the movies double feature, and I enjoyed watching. You know, well, I didn't really watch Predator and Running Man. I just remember this off the dome, TW, for myself. So it was just fun to talk about. But TW, you know, the truth is out there again. But ICS, you know, you, the politicians didn't like go down. This wasn't this was a coup against a, a television studio. This was not a coup against the government. This was not a coup against the White House, TW. So in essence, when the, the credits roll, you know, President Trump can get the get the National Guard and take Ben Richards down and kill him and shoot him in the head and then, you know, we can run the, the country the way it's supposed to be. That's the right. way I I look at it as the only plot hole. ICS got too much power no, in this movie. It's the not the government. Is. If it was made in modern day, it would be Big Pharma would be the would be the thing instead of a TV mm -hmm. show, or they'd be the sponsor for everything and own the. T it would be Big Farm Network, you know, because that's the point. Is mm -hmm. you know how many times did you hear growing up the word lobbyist? I didn't know what the fuck a lobbyist was. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I do now. I do right. now. And lobbyists are what control, and that's that's why. Again, not not to get political, and I, I, I swear to you, I trust none of them. But there are ones that I think are more blatant, and I trust even less. And it's because 
you have a party, and I'm not even going to say the party because once you hear what I say, you're going to know what I'm talking about anyway because it's so blatant. You have a party who tells you the other party is controlled by the rich, that all they do is do things to benefit the rich. But there's a problem with that. The people mm-hmm. telling us that are themselves rich. They're people that are making a mil- or $127,000 salary that somehow are worth $5 billion or $5 million. Talking about you, Nancy Pelosi, who has done nothing but politics her entire life. How is she worth $5 million if she only makes $127,000 a year? It's simple. Do you know who some of these lobbyists are? The people that give them book deals. I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you right now, I ain't met one motherfucking person that read a book by a politician who wasn't an aspiring politician themselves, right? So you right. get all these book deals. Did you read Obama's book? I got George Bush's book. Not because I bought it, because a customer gave it to me. How many pages of that do you think I read? Fucking zero, right? Mm-hmm. But I had it. So you have all these book deals where people get signed all this money. Yeah, who's buying these books? And then I heard about Bernie Sanders. That just got three houses. Mr. Anti-Capitalism has three fucking houses. Guess what one of them is? It's a house that no one lives in. It's, a pub- it's where his publisher lives. This guy has sold three, four, five different books to the tune of millions of copies. But and, they don't know anyone who bought them. The, and, and the Clintons have an office in Harlem. Right, have a right, very lucrative right. uh, office. The, the, the Haitians were out protesting it because the Clinton mm-hmm. Foundation has given zero dollars to the Haitian recovery from that fucking mm-hmm. earthquake. So it, you have this one group of people who their whole platform is pointing at the other ones going, they're bad, we're not. And they don't even tell you we're not. They just tell you they're bad, so you just assume they're not, and they're going to mm-hmm. save you. They're the spokesman for every identity politic there is. That they, they apparently don't think that black people can speak for themselves, that Latinos can speak for themselves, that gays can speak. They go on TV and tell everybody, these guys hate you. Well, there's one problem with that. There are black Republicans, there are gay Republicans, and there are women Republicans. So if the Republicans hate and all Hispanic people, Republicans too. And, and, and like you, a gay Hispanic Republican trans person. So you got them. So if all these things are people that are hated by the Republicans, A, how the hell are they running? And B, how are they winning? Mm. So a- again, divide and cut. You see right here? Remember mm-hmm. this? Remember. There's one finger pointing away from you. There's three fingers pointing back. Remember Mm -hmm. that. And I've known that. This movie came out in 87. 1988, Mm -hmm. in a mock election in grade 10, I voted for Bush Sr. when my teacher wanted everyone to vote for Bob. uh, Bob. Yeah, it wasn't Bob Dukakis. Dukakis. And Mm -hmm. he was mad at me for voting Mm -hmm. And that's 88. It's even worse now that teachers are. I read this whole, I just finished uh, Adam Carolla's latest book. A new one's coming out in the summer. And he broke it. I didn't understand why teachers were liberals. I have three or four teacher friends that aren't liberals. Mm-hmm. I assumed all three of them were because all the other teachers I know are. All the lawyers I know are. All, it's, it's insane. Well, it's because Adam Carolla nails it. Teachers aren't teachers. They might be teachers because they like kids. They might be teachers because they want to shape. But really what they're a teacher for is they want fucking two weeks off every spring and the whole summer off. That's why they became teachers. So that And they want a fucking pension that they can retire at 55. That's the <laughs> stuff that made them want to be teachers. You know it's a hard job? Overpaid if you ask me. But that's what they went into. Oh. Doctors. 
Oh, okay. And the reason it's a hard job is, like, my friend Bridget, she just texted me. She's a RN with a master's. Mm -hmm. She works three jobs. She works three 12-hour shifts at the one she's always working, and then she works contingent for the other two, meaning she'll call them and say, do you need me this week? I can work this day or this day. And she'll work her days off. She gets, obviously, four days off, but she, she'll work two of those four days off. But here's the other thing. That mm -hmm. one that she works, the three 12s, she's on call for one of them. If my ass had a job where I was on call for one of them, they're going to call my ass at the wrong time, and I'm going to show up hammered. Because I'm like, I didn't think you guys were calling me today, but here I come. But the dude that stitched me up, he stitched me up at 1.30 in the morning on a fucking Sunday night of the Super Bowl. So that dude had sitting at home, probably went to bed, and then, whoosh, we need you. And he drove to the hospital and stitched my fucking head up and did a great job. That's so dedication. I absolutely don't have a problem with what he makes. When I say it's overpaid, I don't mean on their part. Mm -hmm. I mean... Hospitals were set up. They were invented to be a service, not a business. And they are a fucking business now. Prisons are business. Police and fire are business. All these things were supposed to be services, and they're now businesses. And, and Running I Man showed, showed it could be a business to kill, too. So right. either way, it just works itself right. out. Did you did you know you know it's a funny thing in this movie? Well, you haven't watched it in years, but do you know what the prizes were for them to win if they won it? Well, it was to, you know, to be free. No. That was basic. And, no. a, and a trip to Hawaii, too. No, the, the benefits, the, the prizes were you could win a three-week stay mm -hmm. of, of whatever. Like, you, you're going to jail still, but you get three weeks before you got to report. Uh, possibly all the way up to a full pardon. And the other, there, there was... But they it was a full pardon. It was pardon. It was more of a pardon. So no, they, no one had ever won. But well, that implied, was the thing. They implied that three guys did win, and they were all on a vacation in Hawaii. But their mm -hmm. bodies are in a locker, and this is the worst part. From last year, so one of them might have won week one, the other one week twelve, and the other one week nineteen. And mm -hmm. here we are, whatever week this is, that Schwarzenegger's doing it. And there was the also double cross. It's a good thing I watched it. You didn't. The mm -hmm. black guy and the white guy that were Schwarzenegger's friends. They're the reason he agreed to do it. Because they said, if you don't do it, they're going to do it in your place. Then he goes out there and does it. And he goes, by the way, I got a surprise for him. You're a team player. We don't want to break your team up. And brought those guys out anyway. And he looked mm -hmm. at him like, you motherfucker. Like, he wouldn't have volunteered. He, the, whole, the whole heartstring they pulled was he knew those two guys would never make it. So he's like, come on, I'll, I'll do it instead of them. And then he made all three of them do it. And they and both died. And that's the manipulation of the corporations. And that's a great way to end this PWR at the movies double feature. We talked about Jesse Ventura. Of course, we, we talked about Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Predator, and the Running Man from 1987. So, TW, give out those socials so we can get out of here because we went overtime and you got to take a deuce. <laughs> I kind of went away. Oh, okay, cool. I think it went back up like when you're eating a spaghetti noodle and then you slurp it back in. Cool. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. Get this game out of the socials, please. <laughs> All right. The Pro Wrestling Coalition Network sponsors. It's a sponsor or host. They're the PWC Network at podbean.com. Is that an email? Is that a website? Oh, that's a website. PWC Network at podbean.com is not yeah. an email? Just like PWC oh. Networks at podbean.com. That's us at, on Podbean. Oh, well, there's that. 
Then there's mm-hmm. the show is at PW Reflection on Twitter. Uh, then the Big Ray, happy birthday to him. That'll give away what day we're we're recording this. Uh, at Big Ray Hernandez, can't do it without him. Part of me was happy that Mr. Razor Ramon Scott Hall passed away yesterday and not on his birthday because I always hate people. I mean, not that he wouldn't get over it in time, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I, I hate the idea of someone dying on your birthday that meant something to you. Um, and I know that Big Ray was praying hard for Scott, so that, w- that was cool for him to do that openly on Twitter, on, on Facebook, everywhere. Um, then mine are Tommy Wonder 19 at Twitter or at the Tommy Wonder, which is the one I do the wrestling and pop culture stuff. Snapchat is number wonder. Facebook.com backslash Tommy Wonder is my Facebook. Uh, we got to thank the the, the Grossos. Is that how you say their name? Mm-hmm. Vito and his wife, uh, bigvitobrand.wixsite.com or patreon.com backslash the big Vito brand. And then Dum Dum Duo and an Idiot is a YouTube channel. We still ain't done nothing, but we're doing something soon. I, I don't have a car yet. See? See? Mm-hmm. I got a close head injury. So got to wait till I heal up. But that's it from here. What you got? Of course, you can follow me on my Twitter at PWSOPROF. That's PWSOPROF. And of course, if this video gets uh, uploaded on our YouTube, it's at the PWSO Networks. And of course, follow my brothers in arms from The Hustle, Billy Ray Valentine at Obi Wan You Know Me. And of course, 8 Track Brown, the king of the reactions at 8 Track Dashley. And of course, next week, we will give the proper respect to Scott Hall as a pro wrestling spotlight special edition dedicated to the life and career of Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, a.k.a. the Diamond Stud, a.k.a. what was the other one? Starship Paint? Starship Eagle. Starship Eagle, a.k.a. Gator Scott Hall. Uh, And again, just rest in peace to Scott Hall, but we will give him the proper send-off the PWR podcast way with a pro wrestling spotlight. And with that, I'm the professor. That's Mr. Wonderful, Dr. Freakenstein, Tommy Wonder saying good night, and we will see you next week for the pro wrestling spotlight for Scott Hall. Good night, Reflectionites. Hey, yo. How poignant. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>